What's goody, podcast fam? Welcome back to the Smoky Notes Podcast with Roro Beats and Friends. I'm your host, Sean, a.k.a. Roro Beats. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about my Cigar of the Week, Lil Yachty's album, The Grammys, Beyonce's record-breaking night, NBA news and notes, LeBron makes history, NFL news and notes, the Super Bowl, and of course, my Dallas Cowboys. Let's get it. Cigar of the Week this episode is the Bocock Brothers Habano Toro, the origins from Honduras with the Habano wrapper, a Sumatra binder with the Honduran and Nicaraguan filler. Uh, the tasting notes are spice, floral, and a little earthy. The suggested pairings for this one are a Pinot Grigio or a high rye bourbon. I soak with my go-to, which is uh, at this point De Leon tequila. And, uh, you know, I add a little Sprite with some strawberry lemonade in that thing, you know, give it a little boost. So <laughs> that's that's my that's what I'm on right now, man. But, yeah, a uh, little description of this cigar. It's well-balanced, medium-body cigar. Uh, the Sweet Habana wrapper is aged for five years, and it's a silky in appearance and offers a caramel and dense spice notes. Uh, I, I really like this cigar because after you're smoking it, it didn't leave a long-lasting, like, you know, taste smoky taste in your mouth. You know, after you smoke a cigar, you... You just walk around and feel like you, an ashtray, basically, in your mouth, whatever. Pause. But, yeah, I, I really didn't get that after smoking this one. Maybe an hour later or so, I didn't even, I couldn't even tell that I had smoked a cigar, which is which is good. I, I love that about it. So, yeah, this was a really good cigar. Um, this was out of my last box that I got from Cigar, cigar Box Club. I ended my subscription with them, so I am going to be placing my order with EG Cigars. That's the uh, the cigar company where you get 25 sticks for 75 bucks. So I'm going to try that out, man. I had some of their cigars in Florida. They were bomb. But these ones are a different, uh, a different type of cigar. It's not the same ones that I had when I was in Florida. So we'll see how these ones taste when they come in. Uh, and then, of course, you know, I'll definitely do a, a little review on, on how those are and, you know, what I think about them and if – you know, you're looking for a subscription subscription based type cigar company, you know, cigarboxclub.com, which is what I used to use. They're dope. Um, but this one, this other EG cigars, just a little more bang for your a lot more bang for your buck, really. With cigars.com, it was ten sticks for eighty bucks a month. And it's but it's really five sticks. You just get two of each, you know what I'm saying? So but this one it's I believe they're all the same cigar, but it's 25 you know 25 sticks for 75 bucks a month so we'll or 75 bucks it's not even subscription based if you want it you just order you know so hopefully it all pans out the way I, the way i see it in my head <laughs> so but stay tuned for that man i'll definitely let you guys know how that how that's rolling all right so let's move into this music part portion of the the episode man i'm i'm trying not to hold you guys too long you know i missed last week so i'm trying to give you guys some nuggets but uh, I'm gonna also try to you know keep keep this one short and simple you know get straight to the points. But all right, let's talk about this little Yachty album, man. So some of you guys know that uh, Yachty dropped the album towards the end of January. Uh, it's titled "Let's Start Here." Now, out the gate, man, I'm not, nor have I ever really been a huge Yachty fan by any means, and um, I would never really have. I probably wouldn't wouldn't have listened to this album, but I was listening to the. Uh, Rory and Maul podcast and Maul and his crew was were talking about the album and they were pretty pretty much along the lines about how I am how I really you know I listen to his music but I they're not really they weren't really huge fans or whatnot you know 
it's not something that they would go out of the way to play. So they were talking about it. And so I was like, man, let me check it out. Checked out the album. This shit is fire, yo. The whole album is fire. It's definitely different from his other work, but it's really, it's really a good fucking vibe from start to finish. Um, it's, it seems a little, a bit heavy on the psychedelic feel, if that makes any sense. Like the first track is called, um, Black Seminole, right? And, uh, it, that's, this track has a huge, huge, in my opinion, at least a huge Jimi Hendrix vibe to it. Like the, you got the guitar solo, you got the guitar riffs, just the guitar playing for throughout the song, right? It has a real Jimi Hendrix vibe to it, which you know makes me think the psychedelic. When I, when I, when the track first started, it's like, oh yeah, this is real Jimi psychedelic type, you know, for the weed smokers type shit, right? So uh, I'm not a weed smoker. I smoke cigars. I'm not a weed smoker, but it's definitely a weed smoker type vibe. This whole album. But anyway, let me get back to it. So yeah, the first the first track, um, Black Seminole, it's heavy on the guitar. It's heavy on the psychedelic feeling. It's heavy on the, you know, the melodic tone. This whole album, Yachty was really heavy on the melodic tones in his, you know, in his voice, like the singing melodic type shit. And it's it's it, the whole shit is a vibe, yo, for real. Um, and all the, and uh, when they were talking about it, they were saying like, throughout the album, all the instrumentation was recorded live. These are all live instruments that they used throughout the whole project. Shit's pretty fucking amazing, if you ask me. Um, uh, like I said, man, I'm not a, a weed smoker, but this definitely, if I was a weed smoker, this is something that I would just be, you know, blasting <laughs> while I'm talking. Man, I, I play while I'm out there smoking my cigar. So, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's a vibe, man. It's really a vibe. But uh, this is a, it's it's an album. It's fourteen tracks, less than an hour. I think it's like fifty seven minutes total. But this album, you could you could just play it and let it ride while you're fucking while you're working or studying. If you're at the crib cleaning, if you're just dr out driving, or if you're just lounging at the crib or lounging, you know, out at the park or something. It's just something you could put on. Just let it play, and you'll just catch a vibe. You may. At some point, you know, if you're busy, you might forget that it's playing, but then something to catch you, and you're like, oh, yeah, this this shit's a vibe for real. But, man, if you haven't listened to it, please check it out. You will not be disappointed. And like I said, I'm, I've never been a big Yachty fan. There's a couple tracks of his that I like, but there there aren't any tracks where I'm going through my phone and I'm like, yo, where's this Yachty joint? But this album, this album is, is pretty dope. Um there's a few tracks I have on here that are my favorites. Black Seminole, which is the first track on the album. It's one of my favorites. Pretty, it's another one of my favorites. Uh, Drive Me Crazy and Reach the, Reach the Sunshine. Those those four tracks are my favorite favorites on the album. There's a couple more that I, you know, that I fuck with heavy, but those four are my main are my go-tos right now, man. But uh that Drive Me Crazy, I think that might be my my favorite out of all those. But it's definitely a dope, dope album, man. Please check it out if you haven't had the chance to. And if you if you fuck with music, man, like really fuck with music, you got to check it out. Now, go in there with an open mind, especially if you're not a Yachty fan like I was. Don't You have to go in there with an open mind. With, and that's pretty much with, with any music 
new music, man. You got to go in there with the open mind, right? So don't go in there with no preconceived notions about, oh, I'm, I already know I'm not going to like this. No, just let that shit play and just listen to it. Just catch the vibes when you feel the vibes. Just just let it just let it spin, man. But uh, yeah, Lil Yachty album. Let's start here. Go check that out. And we're going to stay with the music, but uh, let's talk about the Grammys, man. They aired this past Sunday. I think it was about the 5th. Uh, <laughs> there was definitely some shocking winners. And I guess you could say shocking losers that night. And there was also some great performances. Uh, let's start off with probably the most um, memorable, maybe, performance of the night. And that was the amazing tribute to all those in the music industry that we lost in uh, 2022. Uh, Quavo of the Migos performed his song Without You, which is a tribute to his nephew and also groupmate Takeoff, uh, who was taken from us via senseless murder in Houston in 2022. Uh, the song was performed with pictures of those that passed away, you know, scrolling in the background. It was a, the performance was really, it was really dope, man. It was, you could, you could see that Quavo is definitely still hurting, which I mean, of course, but you could see that he's still hurting over the loss of takeoff. And, you know, I think the hip hop community in the whole is still, you know, still trying to wrap their heads around that one. But man, that performance was dope. And to see, you know, how they represent all those that have fallen, you know, this past year or whatnot that are in the in the music industry was um was 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 pretty dope. They do they tend to do a good job when it comes to that type of stuff, but I don't know, just I guess seeing Quavo do his song about take, man, it was just uh it just had a different vibe to it, a different feel to it, man. It was I don't know, man. It was uh it was a great performance. It was it was touching to to say the least. Uh Bad Bunny performed, you know, Bad Bunny did Bad Bunny things. He was out there doing his thing. Um, my probably my uh, outside of the tribute, my favorite performance of the night got to be you know, uh, Khaled, Rose, Wayne, and Hove. You know, I fucks with Hove heavy, I fucks with Wayne heavy, Rose's up there, so you know, that they performed God Did from Khaled's album, and uh, man, you know, shit was dope. The shit was dope. I can't lie, there's not really much I can say else about it. The shit was dope. Um, like I said, though, I, I fuck with Hove Heavy, man. He's the he's the goat to me in my eyes, the greatest rapper of all time. So you say what you want, but that's that's just my opinion. They also had a um, a hip hop tribute, you know, fifty years of hip hop. Uh, so they did a hip hop tribute, right? Tribute, right? Um, they had some legends perform, yo. Hip hop legends, people like Queen Latifah, LL Cool J. Salt and Pepper, Run DMC, that man Bust the Bus was out there, Method Man, Big Boy, DJ Jazzy Jeff, um, and many more. There were it was a dope, dope way for them to pay homage to hip hop's 50th anniversary. Uh, of course, it came with some controversy, man. I think it was the day after, so that Mon Monday just passed. I saw Willie D, who's from the Ghetto Boys. Uh, he posted a video showing his displeasure with the Grammys for having his groupmate Scarface perform during the hip-hop tribute. And I guess they didn't reach out to Willie D to perform. And, you know, Ghetto Boys, they're a big part of, you know, this hip-hop culture, hip-hop history. And I, I could see why he'd be mad, man. That's a, uh, I, I could definitely see why, he, why he'd be 
pissed off about that because that's that's it's kind of fucked up when you ask one half of a group. Well, they were a third, but you know, rest in peace to 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 Bushwick. But you know, when you ask one person from a group to perform and you don't ask the other that's you know living in Whale to perform, it, you you feel a type of way, man. So I I get where Willie D's coming from. And uh, I get why Scarface performed. You know, they asked him to perform, so shit. I have no problem with Scarface performing. But Grammys, y'all are kind of fucked up for not reaching out to Willie D, you know, getting him out there, too. He is part of Ghetto Boys. So him, he is Ghetto Boys. Him, Scarface, Bushwick, Bill, they are the Ghetto Boys. So can't if, if, you, if you can't have them all, man, you, you shouldn't have any. That's how I see it. But it is what it is, man. You do what you do. But um, let's get into a couple of these winners, man. And I guess you could say losers. Um, album of the year went to Harry Styles for Harry's House, which, I mean, I, I, I'm not mad at it. Uh, record of the year went to Lizzo for It's About Damn Time. I'm not mad at that one. That is a track. Uh, song of the year went to Bonnie Raitt, just like that. Now, this is where, this is where I kind of raise my eyebrows, and I don't know how to raise one eyebrow at a time, like my daughter or The Rock. <laughs> But I damn sure was trying. <laughs> but uh, I I really don't know this song, Just Like That by Bonnie Raitt. But there's no part of me that thinks that that song is better than Adele's Easy On Me, which was in, nominated in this group. Beyonce's Break My Soul, which was nominated in this group. Uh, DJ Khaled's God Did, which was nominated in this group. Or K Dot's The Heart Part Five, which was nominated in this group. So, Song of the Year went to Bonnie Raitt just like that over those other songs. Ah, whatever, man. Congratulations, Bonnie. You know, you know, no, no shade. I just, there's just some things you just, like the song said, things to make you go, hmm. And this definitely made me go, hmm. But <laughs> congratulations anyway, Bonnie. Moving on. Best solo. Or best pop solo went to Adele, Easy On Me. Best pop duo went to Sam Smith and Kim Petras for Unholy. Best rap album went to K-Dot for Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Uh, best rap performance went to K-Dot for The Heart Part 5. Uh, best rap R&B performance went to Money Long for Hours and Hours. It's a dope track. Uh, best R&B album went to Robert Glasper for Black Radio 3. Stop. Stop. This is when I tried to raise my eyebrows again. Now, no shade at Mr. Robert Glasper. You know, congratulations, uh, Black King. Congratulations. But that Breezy album was the best R&B album of the year. I repeat, that Breezy album was the best R&B album of the year in my Kanye voice. No shade at Mr. Robert Glasper. No shade whatsoever. But, like I said, in my opinion, which I guess really doesn't matter, <laughs> but still, to me it matters. The best R&B album of the year was The Breezy by Chris Brown. And I, I've been saying that for the longest. So, um, The man Dave Chappelle took home a Grammy for best comedy album for The Closer. That was dope. And Miss Viola Davis made her story taking home a Grammy for her audiobook and memoir, Finding Me. Um, 
when I, I say her story, her story, because this Grammy place, Miss Davis, in a very, very, very small group of extraordinary people. Her getting this Grammy for her memoir gives her, makes her an EGOT, right? For those of you who don't know what an EGOT is, an EGOT is an acronym that stands for Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Award winners. So, I repeat, Miss Viola Davis made herstory taking home a Grammy for her audiobook and memoir, Finding Me, making her an EGOT. That is fucking amazing. There are only 18 people that can call themselves EGOTs. And Viola Davis is one of them. Now, when I was looking at the list, it said that there were nine of the 18 are minorities. And of those nine, six, now seven, I believe, are African-American. And I'll read those to you. We have Whoopi Goldberg is a new guy. Um, John Legend. Jennifer Hudson. James Earl Jones. Harry Belafonte. Quincy Jones. And now the very talented Viola Davis. It's... It's fucking amazing, man. And we have three more African-American, you know, superstars that, you know, have the possibility of being EGOTs this year or relatively soon. We have Common, who uh, who could become a, a, an EGOT this year. Um, we have Cynthia Arrivo. Sorry if I butchered that name. But uh, she she's just an Oscar short. She has a Emmy. She has a Grammy. She has a Tony. She just needs the Oscar. And then we have the great Billy Porter who's waiting on an Oscar. So, I mean, this elusive, illustrious, not elusive, this illustrious award, man, this coveted award is uh, we out there dominating. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Niggas is out here dominating stuff. But I digress. I just want to. Give her her flowers, man. Viola Davis, man. Congrats on that. That's so dope. Um, that's fucking amazing. That's fucking amazing. But um, also making making her story that night, uh, winning Best Dance Electric Recording and winning Best Dance Electric Recording Music Album, The Queen Be Herself, Beyonce Made Her Story. Um, these ones gave Beyonce 32 Grammy Awards making her the fucking undisputed Grammy GOAT. She has the most Grammy Awards in the history of the Grammy Awards. 32 Grammys, yo. That, that's fucking amazing. 32 Grammys. I want to send a shout-out to Beyonce, send a shout-out to Viola Davis, send a shout-out to all the winners, you know, of uh, on the Grammys, man. Y'all, y'all are the top of your class in what you do. And, yeah, I talked a little bit of shit about, you know, some of the people that won. But still, you guys are at the top of your class in what you do. And my hat's off to you. I'm trying to get to get to your get to your uh, your 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 stature in, in the music industry. You know what I'm saying? But uh, my hat's off to you guys, man. Congratulations again. 
Now let's switch it up, man. Let's get into these sports. Like I said, man, I'm not trying to keep you guys here long, but uh, let's get into these, uh, let's get into these sports, man. Let's, let's start off with the association. A little NBA news and notes. Uh, the NFL, or my bad, the NBA trade deadline is approaching fast. Uh, as I'm recording this, it is tomorrow. <laughs> the trade deadline is tomorrow, February 9th, right? And uh, there's already been some splashes. As I'm sitting here, y'all, my phone literally just started buzzing maybe 10 minutes ago about, you know, Kevin Durant being traded to the Suns, but I'll get into that here in a second. Um, prior to that Kevin Durant trade, we had Kyrie get uh, traded to the Dallas Mavericks a few days ago, right? Um, and this is coming on the heels of him asking, you know, Brooklyn or he, him telling Brooklyn that he won't resign with the with the organization and that, in fact, he wanted to trade by the deadline. So uh, part of his wish was granted. They traded him. He told them that his preferred destination was the Lakers, but they traded him to the Dallas Mavericks, which is a weird – it's a weird – I don't know, man. I just don't know how I feel about this trade because Luka is ball dominant and Kyrie is ball dominant. So we'll see how they play off each other, but I just don't understand that trade, to be honest with you. But anyway – like I said, Kyrie's preferred destination was the Lakers to, you know, team back up with his former teammate LeBron. The two of them won a championship in Cleveland. Um, but uh, Joe Sy, the Nets owner, after the trade went half, after the trade to, after they traded Kyrie to Dallas, came out and said that there was no way in hell <laughs> he was trading Kyrie to his preferred destination, no matter where it was. But he damn sure wasn't trading him to the Lakers. So that's just, you know, Joe Sy being. Just a little petty, which, I mean, I get. You're dealing with Kyrie at, at some point. you got to be a little petty back, especially after the guy tells you that he's not going anywhere and then turns back around and says, yeah, I want to be traded. But it's not the first time it's happened. But anyway, good luck, Kyrie in Dallas. Uh, Man, prosper, bro. That's it. That's all. Um, Russell Westbrook, man. Russell Westbrook was traded from the Lakers to the Utah Jazz in a three-team trade involving the Lakers, the Jazz, and the T-Wolves. Now, the Lakers received D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. The Jazz received Westbrook, Damian Jones, and Juan Toscano-Anderson and a 2027 Lakers first-round pick. And the T-Wolves received Mike Conley, which is a dope pickup, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and 2024, 25, and 26 second-round picks. Now, that's just Laker deal, right? Lakers getting Malik Beasley. It's gonna be interesting. Come, uh, come the first day that Malik Beasley shows his head, his face in the Laker facility, right? Practice. It's gonna be interesting because my man was knocking down Scottie Pippen Jr.'s mom, you know, and uh, Scottie Pippen Jr. is on the Lakers, right? So. I wouldn't be surprised if the next few days we see a little scuffle come from the Laker camp between <laughs> between these two, man. Because if it was me, brother, and I was Scotty Pippa Jr., and this nigga decides he decides to show his face up at practice, and I know he was smashing my moms, we, we ain't gonna have no words, brother. I'm coming out swinging. I'm coming out swinging. <laughs> but nah, man, it's a. Uh, that's an interesting situation, but I definitely would not want that on <laughs> on anybody that I know. That's 
that is a weird situation that they're going to have in La La Land. But anyway, um, Portland traded Josh Hart to the Knicks where he teams back up with his former college uh, teammate, um, Brunson, man. So that, that, that might be a nice little pickup for the Knicks right there. Um, and like I just said, Phoenix Suns and the Brooklyn Nets have agreed to a trade. The Brooklyn Nets are sending Kevin Durant and TJ Warren to the Phoenix Suns for Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, and four first-round picks and a 2028 pick swap to the Nets. Crazy, man. The Suns, like I said, the Suns are getting TJ Warren in the deal. And uh, that is fucking insane. So you got to have starting five for Phoenix. It's going to be Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, TJ Warren, and DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> That's a hell of a starting five. The West is in trouble, man. The West is stacked. The West is stacked, brother. God damn. And I know fucking Ben Simmons non-shooting ass. When he went there, he said, oh, it's going to be a sight to see me playing with KD and and, and Kyrie. Nah, man, you there alone. You should have been shooting the ball. Maybe they would have stayed. Your scary ass. <laughs> but, nah, man, it's, these, uh, coming down the stretch of this All-Star break, it's going to be interesting watching the association, brother. Because it's, it's, uh, it's about to start cracking. Durant about to come back. So, them Phoenix, they've been rolling lately too. They were struggling when Booker was out, but they picked it up the last few, last more than the last few games. I think Booker just came back the other night, and up until then, uh, I believe Phoenix had won like eight of their last ten games, nine of their last ten games, something like that. So they're they're about to hit a nice little little tear, rather. And uh, the West better be on alert. You got Steph down in, in Golden State, and Golden State struggling on the road anyway. Um, who else we got in the West? Denver, you know, Denver's starting to come into their own. Memphis, they could figure out if John wants to be a thug or wants to be a hooper. They're coming into their own. Fucking, um, what's the boy name? Oh shit, man, I, I'm having a brain fart on the light skin cat in, in Memphis, but he needs to figure his shit out because he out here thinking he tough too on the court. But man. Dylan Brooks, that's the motherfucking name, Dylan Brooks. He need to figure his shit out. Uh, all that flopping he was doing in Oregon, bringing that shit to the league. Now you want to be the tough guy, but <laughs> that whole squad need to figure this shit out. You know, there's one tough guy on that squad, and his name is Steven Adams. Ain't nobody fucking with him. So everybody else, y'all motherfuckers just who? <laughs> but anyway, man, yeah, the the, the West, is, West is about to be tough. Lakers, they, they – um. They got a couple good pieces. D'Angelo Russell going back to L.A., that's a good pickup. Uh, Malik Beasley, that's a decent pickup. And Vanderbilt, he was starting to come into his own too, so that's a good pickup for them as well. Um, so they, they might turn the corner. If AD can stay healthy and LeBron keep doing LeBron-type things, uh, the Lakers may they may find themselves you know back, back towards the top of the pack in the West. Um, and they're talking about the – the Jazz might buy out Russ, so he already has suitors. The Clippers already said that they're they'll pursue him if he gets bought out. Chicago also just said that they'll pursue Russell Westbrook if he gets bought out. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. But it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting. The West definitely got a, a lot more deep. In the East, there's 
definitely a spot opened up, man. So Boston, you know, y'all are at the top of the heap. Y'all keep doing your thing. They just lost uh, Jalen Brown tonight, though. He caught an elbow from Jason Tatum to the face, broke his damn face. So I don't know how long he's going to be out. So that's going to be tough. Uh, Milwaukee, you know, they're they're starting to catch stride. Chris Middleton getting back in the fold. They're, uh, I think they're trying to make some moves before the deadline, so we'll see how that goes. Miami, you know, they're peak, they're peaking kind of. You know, they poke their head out from around the corner, see what's going on, and see if they want to join the party or not. And then they dip back around the corner, but we'll see, man. The, the East may have got open. 76ers are still there, but it might just be them three, to be real. Boston, Philly. And, uh, oh, Cleveland. Cleveland's balling. Can't forget about them. Boston, Philly, Cleveland, Milwaukee. Um, yeah, I don't think – I think the 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 West is is where it's at right now. I mean, the West is deep. It's going to be interesting come Western Conference playoffs. But we'll we'll see how it plays out, man. It's kind of exciting, to be real. Let's keep it, let's keep it moving. We're going to stay in sports, but we're going to get to these NFL news and notes, man, and I'm going to get y'all up out of here real quick. Um Big game's approaching real quick, man, real, real quick. We got the Chiefs and the Eagles facing off on Sunday in Phoenix, a.k.a. Glendale, Arizona. Uh, I'm not going to tell you guys who I'm picking because it, my picks lately have been straight ass. So <laughs> I'm not going to put myself out there and, and jinx the team that I want to win. But I will say, how about those? And we're going to keep it at that. <laughs> no, but anyway, man, the Pro Bowl game was this past weekend, and it, it really wasn't that bad. I'm not going to lie to you. The NFC beat the AFC in a newly vamped flag football Pro Bowl. Uh, Cowboys star wide receiver CeeDee Lamb scoring the winning touchdown. Uh, the Pro Bowl game honestly will never be, you know, a great game or anything like that. But it's de- it was definitely better than it has been with the new format, the flag football format, and all the little, you know, events that they had over the weekend leading up to the game. So it was – it was pretty cool, man. It was pretty dope to see, you know, star players, you know, enjoying the game without, you know, without their helmets on, just out there having fun and uh, putting on a, they're put, putting on a show, man. It, it was pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we also had over the weekend the GOAT, man, the GOAT, Tom Brady, announced that he's retiring for the second time. Uh, he says it's real this time. He, put, he posted a video of himself on the beach, man, just, you know, telling people that he was – he was done. Uh, sounds like he's taking a year off and then uh, plans to join the cat, the Fox Sports team in 2024 where he'll be a Fox NFL analyst, which is something that he signed, I believe, last year when he quote-unquote retired. It was like a massive $300 million contract deal or some shit like that. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see Tom in the booth in 2024, man. Kind of looking forward to that, see how he does on uh, the other side of the cameras, you know. Um, what else we got? Aaron Rodgers, man. Aaron Rodgers said he'll make up his mind about his future in football and or in Green Bay after his four-day, I guess, blackout retreat, he said, somewhere where he's going and it's just pitch black for four days. <laughs> so we'll see, man. Aaron Rodgers is a different dude. A-Ron is a different cat, man. So we'll see how that goes, man. But I'm sure it'll be plenty, plenty, plenty more news and notes. But now... Let's get into them boys. Now, my Cowboys finally, 
led offensive coordinator Kellen Moore go, man. It was a mutual decision on both both sides. So I'm glad I'm glad it happened. It was long overdue. Yeah, he was he was cool. He was decent. He had our offense, you know, they they were scoring points here and there, but their shit was never consistent, right? And uh it was also hella predictable. So I'm glad Kellen's gone. I appreciate what he did while he was here, but I'm glad he's gone. And uh, he wasn't out of work for long. I think it was like maybe 15 hours later he announced or it was announced that he had agreed to be the OC for the Los Angeles Chargers. So, I mean, he 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 wasn't out of job for long. So congrats on that, on that, Kellen. But I'm, I'm glad you're out of here, bro. But um, so Mike McCarthy will be the play caller next year with the help of uh, quote-unquote OC Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. This is pretty much going to be a make or break year for Big Mike, man. He's he's done a hell of a job, but it's going to at least take getting to the NFC Championship for him to keep his job after next season, and that's still not a guarantee. Um, it, it's probably going to be based on how if they make it to the NFC Championship, how do they play? Do they lay down and just get ran through, or are they do they put up a fucking fight? So we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see. I, I actually kind of like what Mark, Mike McCarthy has done with the squad. Um, I feel like he should have been calling plays as soon as he got there, but we'll see how this year goes, man, this upcoming year goes, and see how this draft goes, see how this offseason goes, uh, free agency-wise and stuff like that. So get us some good pieces. I would say it's, it's a make-or-break year for Dak as well, but we might have to extend his, his contract in order to free up some 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 money man some cash so we can actually make moves to you know to to build up this roster to where we needed to be um if that wasn't the case i think it would be a make or break year for Dak as well coming up but we'll see man but like i said we definitely have we definitely have to get some kind of money to get some some big names up in here uh we can't keep going at the same roundabout way with just you know plugging holes with a bunch of people we got to we got to get at least one or two big splashes this this free agency, and just bolster this this offense, and maybe even defense. To be honest with you, we are we're short corners. We had two corners go out for the year. We're gonna need a corner opposite of Diggs. So, um, it, like I said, man, it's gonna be an interesting draft, interesting free agency season, interesting off season, just in in totality. So we'll see how that goes, um, and we have some big decisions to make this off season. Like uh, the, they'll probably franchise tag Tony Pollard, which, which is fine with me for sure. I want Tony Pollard to stay in Dallas for as long as possible. Um, they may either let Zeke walk or try to restructure his contract, maybe to free up a little bit more money as well. But if Zeke if Zeke doesn't return, I pray to God Bijan Robinson falls to us at twenty six in the draft. I know there's a lot of a lot of people that don't want, you know, the draft running back that early in the draft if we have Tony Pollard because we have other, you know, positions that we need to throw attention at as well. But if we only have Tony Pollard and Malik Davis or Zeke and Malik Davis or just Malik Davis, Bijan is the guy that we need to get, hands down, period, in my opinion. Um, now, if we have, like I said, if we have, Tony Pollard, Zeke, 
and Malik Davis. Okay, I'm I'm good with that. Then we'll adjust. We'll we'll fill the need at 26 that we need to fill the need. If we just have Tony Parker or Tony Pollard and Malik Davis, get Bijan. If we only have Zeke and Malik Davis, get Bijan. But I'm good with uh, I'm good with having Malik Davis as the RB three man. He he's he's going to be solid. He just needs a little bit more seasoning in the in the league, but he's going to be solid, man. I in my in my eyes, he 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 looks pretty good. But um, it's going to be tough even for us to get Bijan at twenty six. We may have to trade up a little bit, but we'll see, man. We'll see how that plays out. But uh, yeah, man. That's uh. That's it for me for this episode, man. Like I said, I want to keep it short and sweet. Uh, like always, I thank you guys for rocking with me. Um, it means a lot. It means it really means a lot. Now, I'm going to do this new thing at the end of each episode. I know I say my little spiel about your dreams and stuff, but I'm, I'm going to try to hit y'all with some quotes, man. Uh, so I saw this one the other day, and it said, The secret to getting ahead is to start. I'll say that again. The secret to getting ahead is to start. And that's from Mark Twain. So if uh, if there's anything that you guys, you know, want to do, have the desire to do, the secret to getting ahead and doing that is just simply starting. It doesn't matter if it's from the ground up or from the bottom. Just start, man. You never know where, where it could take you. So... Just start, man. Just start. Believe in yourself. Grind it out, and uh, make make your dreams come true, man. Make your make your dreams come true. Don't worry about what everybody else got to say. What what everybody else thinks. Um, I saw another dude earlier today said that uh, you're never too old. Or it's never too late. Samuel Jackson didn't start his career until four, when he was in his forties, so he didn't start his career until he was in his 40s he didn't blow up in his 40s he didn't start his acting career until he was in his 40s so it's never too late man chase your dreams uh make that shit happen to the best of your abilities so your success is 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 how you how you frame it all right again thank you guys for rocking with me peace